I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What Drives You is brought to you by Ziggler, your premier source for equipping life and leadership coaches. Visit Ziggler.com and let them inspire your true coaching performance. Yeah. And folks, after the show, Aaron actually gave me a coupon code. So we're inserting it here at the beginning. So you'll know if you do decide to get your own human design, go to humandesignblueprint.com and use the code, the word drive, and you'll get 10% off. Welcome to What Drives You. I am your host, Kevin Miller, and thanks for joining me as I talk with today's most influential change makers to uncover what truly drives them and extract the big takeaways from their insights so you can integrate that wisdom and leverage the power of your unique inner drive and wake every day to your authentic, driven, and inspired life. In this episode, we continue this series on human design, which we kicked off with expert Aaron Claire Jones, one of the most influential people I found in this human design arena. Aaron runs the human design blueprint. If you go to humandesignblueprint.com, you can do a free profile there. And if you want to upgrade to the paid one, like I did, use code DRIVE and you'll get 10% off. But this is part three, where I bring in another expert to discuss the issue. And with me is Renee Marino. Many of you know Renee. She's been a guest on the show. Uh, and this must be, I don't know, Renee, the fifth time, more, six, seven, something yeah. like that, that you've joined me to co-host, which is awesome because Renee is a personal development expert and connoisseur like me. And you also probably know her as a Broadway and big screen star. You can go check her out right now on, uh, I don't know, Amazon or wherever and check out Clint Eastwood's movie, Jersey Boys. She's the lead female role there. It's just so much fun. I'm so glad she doesn't show up to these shows like she does in that role specifically. <laughs> uh, and today you'll find her though on stage and camera as a communications expert. And I highly recommend you go check her out at ReneeMarino.com. If you're watching the video, you see her book behind me on becoming uh, just that mastering your communication skills. And she's just everywhere. I see it's so cool to see you. Everybody is bringing you on to talk about communication. Uh, and Renee, I will say just to continue my long intro already, Renee is how I found out. I think I said this in the show with Aaron. That's how I found out about it. Renee and I were at an event together, a Ziegler event, and we're talking later in the evening and she starts telling me about human design. I'm like, come on for real off my birth date and where I was born. And she's like, check it out. And she talked about Aaron and literally, and I think I told you this from Renee that happened. I took the test. I upgraded. I paid for the bigger test. And then like a month later, I get uh, from some agency or publisher or whatever. They're going, I wonder if you'd be interested in having this uh, girl, Aaron Claire Jones on the show. Like seriously. Wow. So. I know. Do you see though? Do you see how when things are meant for you, they will not miss you? It's like when I'll never forget getting that text from you. I was like, you have to be kidding me because yeah. this was such a, <clears throat> I feel like this was such a, like clear conversation you and I had yeah. about human design. Like I remember it like it was yesterday and I was like, Kevin, 
you got to do it. You got to find out what time you were born. And you're like, ah, I'm like, no, I'm telling you, this is a game changer. And here we are. And I, I, I know. And I, I, you know, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time, like I mentioned, talking about how does this stuff work? Um, you know, I was, I've, I've told, talked to so many people about it. I said, you know, there's, I keep coming up with more things. I don't know how they work. I don't know how my car works. I don't know how antibiotics work. I don't know how the internet works and what it's useful. I don't understand the whole human design aspect. I mean, my gosh, my own spirituality. I mean, I grew up in the Bible and the more I read it, the more I don't understand it, but I have faith. So we'll, if we go with that, with faith, I don't know how this stuff comes up with the insight that it does out of my what is it? Birth date, your birth, uh, birth date, your time and your place of birth, place right? Of birth, yep. Place of birth. Yep. I've talked to some people about some theories on Well, let's just let that go. Go, go knock yourself out, research it, or maybe don't, cause it might scare you off. Just do the thing. And if you find it useful, like we did, because again, Renee, the thing that I keep talking to people about is all the other personality profiles, which I am a fan of Enneagram, disc, Myers-Briggs, they're self-reporting. This isn't. And that just, rocks my world. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm telling you, I went to, um, Aaron Claire Jones's website. I downloaded the whole blueprint book. Remember? And I remember telling you like, Kevin, you have to download this. It's like, I, it's, it's a true blueprint when you think of what a blueprint is. Mm-hmm. And I remember I printed out, I have it right next to me Yeah, I got and much. I printed this bad boy out. When I read it, I started crying hmm. because I couldn't, it was almost like I had a psychic sitting next to me or something like, like, like breaking me down, being like, oh, Renee, and because you have an open head and, you know, an open emotional, I'm like, what? And all of these things that all throughout my life, I have always known and felt and looked to as like, ah, what's wrong with you? Now I'm like, oh, this is just, this is how I'm designed. This is how I'm supposed to be. So it brought tears to my eyes. Then I read through it to my husband and he was like, what? Because he knows me. And he was like, yeah, that's you. And then I read it to my mother. So like the two closest people to me. And she was like, what is this thing? Because it was as if someone who knows me better than anyone else wrote this all down. And, and I was reading it to my mother. So it really is such an incredible tool. And listening to your conversation with Erin, I love the way she put it. She said, it's just like this productivity tool that you have in your back pocket that can just help you as you're going about your life, as you're moving about your business. And that's really what it is. It's this resource for you to refer to when maybe you don't understand why you're struggling with something or why you're trying to understand some resistance that you're facing in your life, in your business. I know for me, that's how it's, how it served me. Okay. And I want to dig in there. I'll, I'll leave one thing here for, I know we have a big faith-based contingent on the show and I am one of those. Mm-hmm. So even as we look, I'm going to compare it real quick to evolution. We can get a lot. I grew up with evolution was the bad thing. You know, I was in the Bible belt and now I look at it and go, well, I have no problem reading my Bible and saying, God designed evolution. I have no, I, again, people can, I mean, I may lose some listeners there, but I'll probably gain even more. Uh, in the same way with this, I, I have, I ultimately look at it and go, could God have designed it this way? I just, I have no problem with God, God being behind this, this not being some thing that people are going to discount, which is that, and that's my point. I don't want people to discount it because the word astrology might be associated with it, or it feels a little woo woo. Cause I get it. That's one. And I hit that hard with Aaron. I think I hope he did justice. I'm going to leave it there. I can have faith in this to what you said. This starts off. Renee, right at the beginning, I think of my profile, maybe it does all of ours. And it says, well, I'll, I'll, I'll do this. According to human design, this is what comes on the blueprint that you and I paid for you. This is written to me. You are designed to be a blank. I'm going to leave it out because folks do that. Cause what, uh, what follows is what matters, whether or not you live in accordance with your design, that's a different story. And I found that many of us, myself included, this is Aaron writing, are not always living in alignment with our designs. And often this is where we find ourselves experiencing more resistance than flow. Mm. Love it. And that's, so that's where I, that's my premise for this today. We're talking about, here is something that I have found useful and I am under, it's helping me understand where I have been in resistance to it. 
and I am not in flow. And I could look at that again and go, gosh, if you're you know, mechanic working on your car and you can't get that part to move, you don't have the right tool. If you get the right tool, you're in flow. So this is some tool. And I, I like that. It, I think for some reason, and I don't know why yet, Renee, different than the other profiles and whatnot, this one helped me tune into some things where I'm going, yeah, I have had resistance there. Mm-hmm. It's been, I would even say dissonance. And I, this came out talking with one of my daughters the other day about it, uh, because she, she's, she's doing it now. And it said, um, I don't remember the terminology. Maybe you know that, but one of the, the, the issues that she would deal with, according to hers is guilt as a, Oh yeah. What would yep. that be like a motive? And I, but that, that resonated with me that I've, I've been along feeling guilty about this and this saying, yep. this is my human design. However, again, I'll always preface all this with, it doesn't mean that I'm taking the human design to go, Oh gosh, now I don't feel guilty because that's just, you know, I am what I am. No, I don't feel guilty. I have grace for it. Doesn't mean I'm just going to say that's what I am, what I am, but that's, yeah. that feels so helpful. It feels so helpful because it feels like something we can use to validate who we are instead of working against who we are. And I don't know about you, but my former question, Tony Robbins always talks about like, what's your primary question? And my primary question, I realized when I look back at my life, being a perfectionist, as you and I have talked about, a lot of times the question is, what is wrong with you, Renee? Yeah. If you can't get something perfect, what is wrong with you, Renee? And when it comes to ways that we are, i.e., oh, not super organized, you and Aaron talked about how you are like, you love creating the ideas, but then you want to walk away because you're not about the details. I'm the same way, Kevin. And for so long, I'm like, what is wrong with you, Renee? Why can't you get into the details? But now that I have this information about the way I'm designed, I can say, oh, I'm operating in the way I'm intended to. So instead of fighting myself on that or asking myself, what is wrong with you? Because you're not that way. Instead, it's like, no, let's, let's just remind myself it's all okay. It's almost like for me, a tool of acceptance, which I think acceptance is such a beautiful gift that we can give to ourselves. And just to say, oh, this is Renee, you are five, two. You're never going to be five, nine. Just accept it. Like, I'm always okay to accept that all my years as a performer. Oh, Renee, maybe you don't get this job. They need someone taller. I was okay to accept that because in my mind, Kevin, that's the way God made me. God made me 5'2". So I could accept that. But isn't it funny? Other qualities about myself throughout my life, I haven't accepted because I'm like, I need to work for this. No, Renee, you could work harder to be more this way. Get into the, get into the thick of it. You, you should be this way. But now that I have this tool of human design, I'm like, no, 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 no more shooting all over myself. This is now my, my confirmation of this is the way you were designed to be. So let's work with your gifts. Okay. It's so funny today. I'm out in my driveway messing with a car. We had to get a car towed out of the driveway. And I'm thinking about this because I'm, you know, I'm always thinking about the show prep and whatever. And I was thinking about these analogies. I literally thought about height. I, I, pro- I promise you, I thought about height because I thought, okay, because I was thinking about black hair, you know, like I can't change on black hair and somebody could, oh, you color your hair, you can do whatever I think. Okay, height, height. You just can't mess with that. You are what you are. I used to be six foot. I am no longer six foot. I'm like a solid 5'11 at best. So I think it's all the pregnancies. They just, yeah, no, it is. They <laughs> up. Um, but height, I love that. And yet we feel Again, I'm going to use the word guilt because that came up in mine as well. And I have always thought of myself with a negative bent of being impatient that, oh my gosh, I'm so, I've, I just viewed myself as so impatient. Here comes along human design. And Aaron talked about this. She says, according to yours, you have a really high value for efficiency. Mm. Well, God love you for saying, I mean, and I do, I love that. I'm like, oh my gosh, get rid of that. And 
and in, in the right frame, it is such a good gift. Now it does make it difficult over here sometimes when I'm running at a different speed or I'm not wanting to pay attention like that to the details, but to say, gosh, I am, I really value efficiency. So I'm going to struggle over here. And sometimes it is not the place for me to be super efficient and for me to impress that, you know, that, that on people. And I need to slow down, but at least I just have some grace and gosh, I know that that's my propensity. Oh, take a deep breath. It doesn't have to own me. And in this place, we need to not just focus on efficiency. We really need to, you know, tune into the kid or tune into whatever and whatnot. Yeah. When you were talking about it, I thought about you on stage. So here you are on stage in Broadway and you are doing your thing. <clears throat> How goofy would it have been if you had gone backstage and said, okay, guys, I, I got to go to the costume closet and make sure everybody's costumes are, are arranged right. And give me the schedule again when everybody's going on. I need, they would have smacked you down and said, Renee, you're up on a minute. Go over there, get a glass of water, take a deep breath and do your thing. This is not your job. And you would have gone, right, 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 right. Yes. How to do that in life and go, okay, this is where I shine because I have, I have one kid specifically who would love to be behind stage. They would hate being on stage and they would kill it backstage mm. doing the details. And we may pay them more than the person on stage. They are so valuable, but that's where they shine. And we wouldn't be upset that they're horrified. Uh, I would be horrified actually to be on stage and doing what you did as well. But I, again, I love those analogies and yeah, why do we not do those with ourselves? But help me because everybody's going to hear that. And we always want to polarize and discount the opposite of that or, or, or not the opposite, but that we're not talking about limiting ourselves, confining ourselves and just saying, I am what I am. This is not some yes. narcissistic type thing of going, Hey, I'm just figuring it out. Now I don't have to change. No, you, you're going to modify an ebb and flow, but with grace for yourself. And, and the thing you said, um, you saying, what's wrong with me, Renee? Yeah. Uh, not doing that. And what it's helping me do is see that of not doing that to somebody else. What's wrong with you that yes. you're not like me? Oh my gosh, this is, I'm so glad you brought up that point because I was thinking the same thing. The flip side of that is someone who goes, okay, great. I am who I am. I'm not going to change. This is just me. But what I want to dis decipher the difference here is the difference between saying to yourself, what is wrong with me and beating yourself up and, and, and feeling that resistance within yourself as opposed to accepting that part of yourself. And when we come from a place of acceptance, I know this in my experience. I know this from speaking to therapists, from speaking to um, a lot of spiritual leaders and teachers. Only from a place of acceptance can we then ever make positive shifts that we want to make. So yeah. that's the difference. Sitting in it and saying like, you know, people say I'm really rude. That's just me. Sorry. Mm. No, that's, that's just letting yourself off the hook and saying, I don't need to change as opposed to saying, okay, I have a propensity for, um, being a little short tempered. Um, I'm impatient sometimes. Okay. I understand this is, this is number one. It's what I was brought up around. So it's kind of nurtured into me understanding that I accept that this is something that is, um, ingrained in me. Mm -hmm. Next time I'm faced with a moment where I can be short-tempered, I'm going to be conscious of it and do my best to choose differently. That's all we got, right? I mean, we are in this life. I believe we are here. It's a school. Life is a school. We are here to learn the lessons. We're here to grow. So all we can do is our best. And I think that having something like human design is such a, is such a tool to help us lean into the learning as opposed to the judging. And the judging, I think, is where we all get off kilter. That's all, that's where we all start um, kind of veering off the path to what we're supposed to be here to do. We can't ever forget we all have strengths, we all have areas of opportunity for growth. But when we're not aware of that and we think we should be a certain way, we should have all strengths and no weaknesses. This is where the problems arise in our health physically, in our health mentally and emotionally and spiritually. It's when we're fighting that, that human aspect of imperfection, right? Um, and I think that 
that's why this has been such a gift to me. And I've just um, had the introduction into human design over like the past year. And I can't tell you how much it has served me and helped other people by explaining to them this same principle when I hear them say, but Renee, you know, I just can't do this thing. Well, I'll say, well, maybe that's, you're not designed to be completely um, task driven. Maybe you're supposed to vacillate in and out of different, different career, different careers and different things. It's allowed me to help others as well. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital, and Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside. And we're going to take about 20,000 breaths. According to the EPA, the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air, sometimes up to a hundred times more polluted. At my studio, we have heat being forced through old ducts. I walk on carpet full of years of junk. No idea what's floating in the air that I'm taking constant gulps of. The solution is an air purifier and Air Doctor is just the best. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold, bacteria, viruses. They do it so your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code KEVIN, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. It's allowed me to help others as well. Okay. I so I didn't know it had been that recent for you. Yeah. I didn't catch that. I love your aspect of learning versus judging. I mean, you know, I've been on this emotional intelligence, you know, journey and Marshall, man, I continue to forget his last name, but, um, nonviolent communication, Marshall, Marshall Rosenberg, maybe, um, nonviolent communication and him talking about observing. Can I observe, observe my propensity? I think you use that word, um, observe somebody else's and not judge, not, uh, he would say observe, not evaluate. Mm. And that's what we tend to do. It's interesting. You said you know, you reference imperfections that we are, we're all, we're all imperfect. Um, I was talking with one, a couple of my kids a, about this, my older kids. And I think it was them. I've talked to so many people lately. About it, but they, they talked about it was know, one of the bunch, <laughs> one of the bunch, one of the crew uh, that we're in this age of specialization, uh, which I appreciated. I mean, we want a doctor who is specifically an expert in that one thing. If I've got, a, well, I have a broken thumb right now. So I'm going to work with a, you know, a hand surgeon or, or whatever. Uh, specifically, I do not want somebody who just does a little bit of everything. We did, I talked about this with a, a group that I lead. And one of the guys is a, uh, he's a lawyer and he's, he dabbled in there, but ultimately went into personal injury lawyer. So now if somebody asks him about 
you know, estate planning or whatever. He says, I just, I'll refer you to somebody else. I don't do that anymore. I'm not up to speed on that. And if you want uh, him, you know, for corporate law, I mean, he knows about it, but it's not what he does. He's not even licensed, I think, anymore. We want specialty. And to realize that us as humans are going to, even in relationships, yeah, we're going to specialize. In th- I was thinking about us at the event. So we're at the Ziegler event down in Dallas. And I think it was that first day or first day that we were there and people were asking about details about some of the, some of the topics you and I were talking about. And I finally said, well, gosh, can we just, why don't we just, there's no way we can help everybody. How about if we just have everybody who wants to, to, to discuss this further, uh, go outside during or after dinner, I think it was, and we'll talk about it there. And so great idea. And, and, and I, I tend to look at that, look at opportunities, and whatnot. Okay. But now what does it take? Now it takes going into dinner and corralling everybody and saying, Hey, and I remember, do you remember? I remember going, Oh my gosh, I don't like that. Wait a minute. Uh, cause we had talked about this. We talked about it as far as the, uh, uh, working genius, Patrick Lencioni's and that galvanizing, getting people together is one of your higher traits. And it's not for me. And I said, well, yeah, yeah. you ask them. And so you did, I don't yes. know you, you got, you might've gotten on a chair or something. It's like, Hey, everybody, we're doing this. We're doing whatever. And how great for me to, that, that it was a great collaboration. And that's what I see in this with, whether it's business or whether it's just relationships, you know, us mm-hmm. and our spouses of going, look, man, this is where we're strong, where we're weak, where our propensities are and let's have grace for them. Let's use them. And we don't, we just don't do that. We don't do that culturally very well. I mean, I mm-hmm. just have not seen, I think in business, we tend to at least have some structure that hopefully embodies that a little bit more, but man, just in the general populace, it's just right, wrong polarization and not looking at, of course, people are going to see and experience things so differently. And this, I I don't, again, I don't know why this yet resonated to this degree so much more than the other profiles that I do like and value. Again, I don't want to dismiss those. This is, I'm not going to say this is better. It's different. Is that fair? It makes me think of our educational system. And how it's designed for one type of learning. So if you're a child who learns really well in an environment where you're sitting behind a desk and a teacher's talking with you and like that, that structure, those four walls, um, then you'll, you'll really excel in school. But not everyone learns in that way. Some children need to not be around other individuals for them to be able to focus and hone in. Some children need to maybe hear it, um, like hear it audio, like right in their ears instead of just watching the teacher, which, you know, obviously in school you're listening and you're watching, but maybe they need that kind of the, um, blind, the, the blinders on where they're just listening almost like an audio book to really let the information absorb in their brains. Yeah. There's so many different learning styles, but I think we have an educational system that that sends the message if you're not doing well on your tests in this environment, well, you need to be held back or you're not smart. And children are getting this message, but it's so false because they could just excel in a different learning environment with a different learning style. Think of the SATs. I always said, I mean, I was a straight A student. I was National Honor Society president, class president, you know, in theater. I did all the things. But when it came to taking the SATs, my mother always likes to say I spent all of her money taking the SATs like 10 times because I was like, I got to get a higher score. Just test taking for me in that way did not serve me well. Yeah. So what does that mean? Do, did I use that against myself? Yes. But if I had a tool like this to understand Renee, maybe that's just not an environment where you excel and that's okay. Yeah. Maybe I would have let myself off the hook a little bit and saved my mom some cash instead of taking it 47 times. <laughs> like this is so, this is why human design is so eye opening for me. And it's been such a game changer oh. because it, 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 This is maybe a silly way to say it, but for someone who has led a life of of perceived perfectionism, driving, driving toward what I believe is perfect, it can be really stressful. And this lets you off the hook a little bit, like gives you the space and the grace to say, no, girl, 
This is, you're, you're doing it the way you're designed to do. Here's a funny example. You ready for this one, Kev? <laughs> if you think before we, I had, I did my group coaching right before we uh, got on this video today, before I started coaching, I go, you know what? I want coffee. And, you know, I'm not having coffee every day, just every few times a week. And I go out to get coffee and I couldn't decide if I wanted hot or cold. So if you think, Kevin, that I have both, <laughs> and if you think I'm sipping a cold brew and then I'm sipping a hot coffee uh -huh. and I'm accepting it, you're right. Because guess what? My human design shows me that I'm meant to be that's fluid. Good. I'm meant to be, I'm not supposed to be completely decisive and that's okay. Now, if this were me five years ago and I couldn't decide, I would beat myself up over that and be like, Renee, you have to decide, do you want hot or cold? But nope. I said, you know what? I'm not stressing myself out. I'm getting both. And here we are. Again, I, I, I love that accepting and not judging that whatever, again, I was about to give it a term. Well, I'll, I'll say it, but then I'm going to, I'm going to retract it. You know, your idiosyncrasies or, or whatnot, just say, no, this is just your design for whatever reason. And I have spent so long saying, okay, we've got to figure out how to manage our dysfunctions. They are what they are. I got to stop saying that and say, manage our designs, our uniqueness. Designs. Oh, wait, Kev. Mm -hmm. It's design over dysfunction. Okay. Ooh, that's okay. a content piece right there. Design over it's, dysfunction. It's, we got to let Aaron know about that. Yes. Tell Aaron and I'll message her as well. It's design over. It's design, not dysfunction. And this is what human design helps us understand. Yeah. That instead of labeling what we look to as, I'll say, former weaknesses, we can understand that it's part of our design and our design is beautiful. And our design, no matter who we are, we have imperfections because we're supposed to as human beings. And when we lean into those imperfections, that's what connects us with others the most. Mm. I mean, that's what I teach as a connection expert. Those parts of ourselves that we often want to hide from the world, we don't want to talk about, we feel vulnerable. When we share those with others, those are always the ones that connect us with others on a deep level because we let others know you are not alone. If you can't decide between hot and cold coffee, you're not alone. Come to my camp, buy both, <laughs> right? And, and it's, I think it's such a gift that we can give to one another when we start to understand that it's design and not dysfunction. I, I love it. Design yeah. over or is not dysfunction because yeah. I, yeah. Cause along with that reading my human design, some of what I read there made me think maybe it's not ADHD. Maybe it's just design. Not okay. Not to discount again, folks. Is somebody as soon as somebody here does somebody out there have clinical absolute ADHD? Absolutely. Uh, I'm not going to go into that for myself, at least as I read it, it made me question the quote dysfunction as Renee is talking about here and to think about, yeah, this is a design that, it, that I want to be more on. You said accepting. I also want to be more honest with, I talked about this with my, my buddy, Randy, you know, we're business partners. I wish I had been more aware of this earlier on to say, you know what? I tend to start things. I get excited. I'm a great starter. You point at your Renee's point at herself. If you're not watching the video and matter of fact, everybody needs to watch the video, especially with Renee. Come on. I mean, this is fun and we got, it's animated and, and we're having fun. Go to YouTube. It's Kevin Miller's video. Yes, yes. Um, and but with that to say, I, I start, I'm going to get excited, man. I give me the blank sheet of paper. I want to create the structure. I want to create the framework. And that's kind of where I end, not, not where I end, but that's where my benefit is. Now we need, we're going to need other people to do the other parts here. And I'm going to be able to keep innovating the opportunities and the ideas here. If I'm going to be of use here, or it may be that I'm just used for a segment and then I am done either way. This is kind of me. It's probably not going to change. And I, I can be harnessed well to get us, you know, to get us started. Um, but I, my skill is not on the back end. And man, I spent so many years feeling bad about that, Renee, thinking I am, I'm supposed to be an entrepreneur, right? And you kind of do everything. And I didn't do that. It was one time years, many years ago where my wife said, and she said it kindly, she's like, you're, you're not that real. You know, you're like this business person. You're not really a good businessman. I said, you're, you're actually right. There's so many things that I don't 
do well. I have a, I have a certain skill set, but running a business, which is what we think of with a business person, I don't run a business well. I need a lot of help with that. I've got a certain skill set there. And yeah, just to look at that and go, it's not a dysfunction. That is my gift. It doesn't go too far beyond that. Let's use it well and find other people then to round that out. Oh, I am so with you on that, Kevin. When I started my business, again, like picture going from decades of being a professional singer, dancer, actor, where I, I showed up to rehearsals. I made sure that my vessel was ready to go. I trained eight shows a week on Broadway. And then, and then going to LA, I wrote my own one woman show because writing is one of my gifts, that creative side of my brain and doing the film. I mean, operating in that space, the performance space to then being like, Oh, I'm starting my own business. Truly like you, I just, I have the idea and I jump in, I jump in imperfectly both feet. And then being like, whoa, this is a lot. And for the past three years, I mean, I've, I've pretty much done it myself. I mean, I had a little help here and there, but I can't tell you the days of the stress. Yeah. Like asking myself, like, why can't I figure this out? Oh my gosh. But the funnel and the emails and this and the videos and the, and now through human design, I understand Renee, you're a generator. You have to do things that light you up. And if it doesn't light me up, it's not like other designs where, oh yeah, this stinks, but I got to do it. That's not what I feel. I feel drained Mm -hmm. like to the point that I now am confused as to what I'm doing because I'm so out of my zone of genius that I feel lost. I didn't understand that until I learned about human design. And I was like, oh my goodness, this makes so much sense. This is why I've had such days of stress because I'm operating so outside of my zone of genius, doing the back end stuff, creating this, creating that. And I'm like, oh, I want to be singing, dancing and acting again, (laughs) right? Because that's what I love, being with people, performing, like using my gifts that light me up. But now I understand that those days that I start to feel that frustration, because that's my, when I'm out of like, not operating from my authority, I'm it's frustration that I feel. Now I'm clued into the minute I feel that frustration, Renee, you're not doing what lights you up. And, and, and it's, it it just really is such a, a help because instead of trying to fight against the current, it's like, no, Renee, you just need to recalibrate get the outsourcing that you need so those people can handle what's not your zone of genius. And then you'll, you'll be able to move forward with joy. Totally. Totally. I, I, I so appreciate that Renee. It reminds, or it brings me to thinking of something that I've, I've always known. I've talked about some and just didn't know how to reconcile. I guess that some people are, some people that I know people close to me are okay doing, let's just use work for instance. Going to a work, I mean, it's good. I mean, I, you know, I don't, thank goodness I don't know a bunch of people or if any that are going to some toxic work environment. I have a blue zone of my own, you know, and most people are, are in touch with that and having a place that's good and healthy and inspiring, whatever. But they may go to their work, their place of vocation and do what they do. And it's, it's good. Is it the, is it what they're passionate about? I'm going to bring that in because we talk so much about the passions. I think there's a handful that would go, gosh, not necessarily. It's, you know, it's good. It provides well. I enjoy the people. The work is, you know, it's, it's fine. I enjoy that. But oh my gosh, what it affords me financially or time or whatever is going over here and doing this thing. Oh, I totally love. And I'm looking at that and going, well, if that's what you totally love, you have to do that all the time. And I've run aground on that because I'm, I'm, I'm projecting myself to where I've realized, man, I just don't have the capacity to not be waking up and working full on all day on that thing that I am most interested in. And I've just kind of put it up to, I just don't understand it, but I don't, I, I did learn, thank goodness, not to judge it because I have some very good friends who I respect tremendously who love their life, doing their thing during the day. That's fine. And then doing the thing later that they totally love and they've had huge success. So I've looked at it and gone, well, I can't judge it because they're doing great, but man, it's not me. And for this, you're right to, as the generator and I'm the manifesting generator. And that's one of the things, first things that talked uh, about is uh, I've got to, it said one of your biggest lessons, Kevin, is to prioritize your own excitement and satisfaction, which 
again, I'm going to put that in a positive way of to, to prioritize that excitement satisfaction. I need that to be part of my day so that I can be at my fullest and be a good spouse, a good parent, a good friend, a good whatever. Otherwise I just can't quite reconcile my life. And I'm as uh, that first statement I said from Aaron, I'm kind of pushing against the resistance and her saying, okay, no, this is just, it, it just kind of is what it is. So now I can make sense of it. There's better acceptance of that, less guilt, whatever to go, gosh, that's it. Now, you know, I've got to manage that. There's pros and cons for that in the culture. And I do want to say that to what you said earlier, you're talking about school, Renee. We have a culture that is not built around great acceptance of all the different styles in certain arenas. And I don't know if we would say, or would you say that the, the culture is going to overall somewhat fit one segment necessarily, or, you know, specifically or one, one, uh, what do we call one type, I guess, more than others, or it's just different roles. Like, gosh, if you're over here in this sector of the industry or the culture or whatever, it's really going to more so cater to a certain type on the, uh, human design in this, you know, arena may, function differently, meaning we're not going to find perfect fits everywhere mm-hmm. in our culture and work. What do you think? Totally. Yeah, I do. I do think that. And going back to what you shared about uh, such a great point, because I've experienced this with observing friends of mine who I have one particular friend and he always talks about like, no, you got to No one really loves what they do, but you got to make money. That's it. Money. And like, that's his driving force. So even though he's not doing something that he loves, it doesn't matter because what he feels satisfied in is the fact that this is bringing in the income and then he's, you know, going to retire and he could like live a pretty life. And for me, I'm like, no way. If I'm not doing what I love, like money's not even the option. And my whole life, I operated like that. Like I never made decisions based on monetary um, factors. It was always like, what's my passion? And I, and, and I, for so long, I was like, is that so weird? Like, am I weird? I don't think of money like that. Like I should have a better relationship to money. But the truth is, Kevin, money always came because I always followed what I loved. But this friend of mine, he's totally different. And we've had conversations where I'm like, that doesn't even make sense to me. And then when I say, no, I love what I do. He's like, come on. I'm like, no, really? Like I you know, take it back when I was a performer, my dream as a little girl was to perform on Broadway. Like, no, I got paid to do what I love. Like I got paid to do my hobby and the money came from that. Yeah. And now I can understand, no, Renee, you're not weird. That's the way you're designed. You have to do what lights you up. And your friend, he, I don't know what his human design is, but I guarantee it's not a generator. He doesn't need to do what lights him up. He's satisfied in a career that's something that he can deal with, but it doesn't light him up because the money comes. And now I have an understanding when we're in a conversation, Renee, there's no need to try to change his perspective. No, that's the way he's designed. And it's just, it's given me such clarity around myself because I'm telling you, especially when I started entrepreneurship, I was like, I'm around all these people who are like, oh, you know what? I became an entrepreneur because I could never work for someone else. And I'm like, I don't feel like that. Like, I actually loved having my director and I never had a problem working for someone else because in in many ways, I'm a fantastic student because when you give me structure and you tell me, Renee, I need you here at this time and this is your role, boom, I'll carry it out to the best of my ability. So in many ways, I'm like, that's weird. Like, why do I like being an entrepreneur? Because I don't, I don't mind having a boss. But for me, it was just like, no, this is something that lights me up. I know how important human connection is and communication. I got to help people with this. That's why I did this. It wasn't because I don't want to work for someone. And that's okay. But I only know that now, Kevin, because in the beginning, again, I was like, Renee, what's wrong with you? Like all these other people, right? All these entrepreneurs you see, they're always talking about like, oh, I had to be a solo entrepreneur. I had to start my own business because I can't work for anybody else. And I wanted to make tons and tons of money. Yes, the money's great. But for me, I'm like, man, it's always about what I'm passionate about. Mm -hmm. If I'm not doing something I'm passionate about, 
the money, if I have the money, that's great. But if I don't feel that sense of like, woohoo, like fire within me, it's not, it's not satisfying. It's not, it's not satisfying. I, I love that. The, the, just to focus on that, the entrepreneur aspect that you're supposed to, you know, if you, if you are an entrepreneur, you're supposed to want to be an entrepreneur. Do I want to be an entrepreneur? I've not, I, that's a great way to look at it. It's like saying, do I want to be flexible? Yeah. Well, I don't really care. It's, I mean, no, not in and of itself. I just want the benefits of that. So if that means that I don't have aches and pains and that I can be active longer and whatever, I guess so. I don't want flexibility in and of itself. That's, I don't wake up in the morning going, oh man, that's a day to get to be flexible. I don't know that I get to, that, that the term entrepreneur is so exciting, but there are things that I want to do that entrepreneur seems to be the best vehicle for. Uh, oh, there's, a lot, yeah. there's a lot of pieces of it that I don't, uh, again, enjoy or like, and I wanted to come back. You said money talking about that. I was sitting there as you talked, thinking about, gosh, I know people with money. If I looked at them, some of them are very generous with it. Some of them are great at saving. Some of them are great at investing. Some of it are just, I, I love that they love to just take it and celebrate, you know, and include everybody in that. And they look at these propensities and again, to not judge them. And yet we'll also look and go, especially for the person who may just be mega generous or love to celebrate or whatever to go, well, you know, dude, you kind of do need to save some and you might want to invest. That's, that's not going to be their propensity. Go, okay, I'm going to get help. I'm going to have to get help, you know, and let my spouse, maybe they're good at that. Or maybe I need to hire for me, it's a CPA and a bookkeeper and, you know, the financial planner and whatever, or, or wealth manager and whatever that you've got to include in that. But I'm not going to beat myself up for the fact that I am just not investing just doesn't at least financially, it doesn't. It was interesting. I had these guys I was hanging with and they were all part of this real estate fund and they're talking about it. And I'm sitting there going, shoot, I, I guess I need to invest in real estate. <laughs> uh, and I think I, I must, I mean, look, they're talking about it. I, and I'm starting to feel bad about myself. And it occurred to me, this is, uh, this is probably six months ago. It's not that long ago. And I finally was like, Oh my, cause it was starting to stress me out. Cause I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, I just, I just don't want to, I don't understand. I thought, you know, it's just not my gig. And what came to mind is I invest in real estate of the mind. That's Ooh. my, that's my arena. Drop the mic. Yeah. I'll invest in your business and what you're doing. Cause I understand it. I don't understand homes in the real estate market. I understand personal development and, and the growth industry and uh, self-help and all that kind of stuff. And that's where I'm going to invest. So in my business and other people uh, in that arena, you know, do you think it would do, you know, I, I, I want to say again, we've been talking about this. I mean, here are the five generator. That's what you are. Yep. Manifesting generator, which is different. That's what I am. Yep. Projector, manifester, and then reflector. What's your husband? My husband, I believe this is, I believe he's a manifesting generator, but we're still trying to get his birth time. Yeah. So it's not, we don't quite know, but. After you and I talk, you better believe I'm sending a text to my husband who's at work and I'm going to say, we need to go to city hall and get your birth certificate yeah, yeah. because it, it is, it, I, I think it's so, I think it's such a necessity to, to, when you're in a relationship to, to really understand one another and have the strongest communication you can. I think we need to know our human design. Yeah. I, oh, I I want to say this, Kev, before, when we were talking about guilt and I said, uh, mine is frustration. What that's called is your not self theme. I just okay. want to clarify that. So when you're in your not self, meaning like the, the opposite of where you are at your best, yeah. what you experience for you is guilt. For me, it's frustration. So that's, that's what it's it, titled. Okay. I'm, I'm not going to be fast enough. Oh, not self theme. Oh, mine's frustration. Yep. Minus frustration. Okay. So my daughter did it and hers was guilt, I think, mm -hmm. uh, on that. Well, and, and to that, we've been talking, and this is where I'm happy to just stay is that's part of my human design system, the concepts of this. It does end up, I mean, you come down to, uh, let me go to the, does it have a table? Yeah, the contents here. So if you go through real quick, just you get this, this profile, which again, you just talked about having your husband do it. Human. Uh, designblueprint.com. And if you use the code drive, you get 10% off. And guys, I'm just giving this to you. I don't have some business relationship with Aaron. I'm not making a dime here. 
Um, but you get your chart and it goes through like segment one is the basics, how to use your energy best, how you create opportunities, how you best make decisions, how to know you're on track, yada, yada. And this is where I went along and go, oh my gosh, this is pulling out stuff that I have not found in another profile to this, to this degree. Number two is your centers, how you get inspired, how you form and share opinions, how you communicate. And it keeps going down in and then your channels. Uh, how you, that you're, it's knowing vision, discovery, presence, perfecting intimacy. And again, these are looking at, these are your designs, your propensities, your predispositions. Again, they're not limitations. They're not confinements. They're not a, I am what I am. And some of these I'm going to look again and go, gosh, in this particular instance right here, we're, we're involved in, uh, you know, whatever you may be in, in life, a circumstance, I'm going to, continue knowing what my propensity is based on human design. Again, in a similar frame as what I've done in the past with the Enneagram and the disc profile and whatnot to understand myself and to go, gosh, is my propensity, is that going to serve this situation best? Mm -hmm. And it may. Yeah. And it also may not. When we're in the hospital and somebody is in, well, even like empathy and somebody just needs uh, a hug and they need some understanding over that is not a time for my efficiency to go down and go, okay, we've done that five minutes. It's about good. I'm going to go do something to take care of you in the way that, you know, serves me. And I'm going to make sure the doctors are on deck and, and whatever. No, Kevin. Okay. That's, I know we know that's my frenzy. It has its value, but not right now. So there is the, and I don't know if you have a better term. I'm going to, I tend to think of modifying. There's going to be times when I modify is there, I don't know if Aaron, what words she would use. I don't think I asked her this. Is there, you know, in those times I am going to, I don't know a better word at the moment than modify. I think but. it's, it's, that's where you can shape it, right? Shape okay. it or, or be flexible um, through the awareness, right? Just to say, no, I'm not like, eradicating that part of my personality, but it's just, I'm going to bring forward another aspect because right now that's not serving me or the people around me. Yeah. Right. I mean, think about it. It's like, okay. Um, my role in the Jersey boys movie, like, yep. you said, like, Oh, I hope Renee doesn't, doesn't uh, show up as Mary Delgado on the interview. Right. Right. But think right. about it. That fire, that passion that's within me. Right. That's how I was able to draw it out for the role. But on a daily basis, I'm not walking around as Mary Delgado, right? Cursing and, and this and that. No. But that part of my personality somewhere deep inside me, as the actress, I was able to pull that out. But that doesn't mean that I'm I'm utilizing that in my everyday life. No. But that was something that I needed to utilize for a specific purpose. So I think the same holds true with these qualities that we possess. They're qualities that we can be aware of. And again, we have in our back pocket. Yeah. Because sometimes, you know what? That passion, even though you could look look at that and say, oh my gosh, whoa, that's scary. You, you were yelling at him. Well, you know what? Sometimes in our lives, we need to invoke that passion within us. And we need to stand up for ourselves and let someone know, listen, you've hurt me in this way. Sometimes it takes that passion to help shift another's perspective. Just giving an example. But it's about being able to pull out these qualities where they can serve us and the people around us best. Okay. I'm th I, I so appreciate that. I'm thinking about... Well, let me throw something at you because I asked I ask Aaron about this a little bit. I think I'm still pondering it some. I thought about like Ocean's Eleven, okay? Most people have seen that movie and you've got this crew of people with different skill sets. You know, you've got the, I don't know this for sure. I'm just kind of making it up on the spot. You got the driver, you got the, they called one of them the grease man. They've got some guy who's going to sell the thing to whoever, you know, they've got the muscle, they've got the whatever. They got these different people that are going to have these certain skills, abilities, talents, giftings, propensities. Okay. So that's going to make sense. And I think my feeling still is that certain roles, let's take a salesperson, for instance, are going to tend to be probably one of these types more often than not. But I think 
I think Aaron was also saying, but I'm also kind of wrong. In, in essence, you could be a salesperson and be a different type of salesperson. Somebody's going to be happy where it's just a cold call, you know, walking on to a car lot or, or, or making a cold call, you know, literally uh, on that. I was never that. I'm a relational. I got to have some kind of in already. I got I need a warm prospect. I'm not, maybe that's it. A, a cold call is not me. I need somebody where there's already a connection. And that's what I do. So I'm going to do, I'm going to put my sales process out here to have a filter out to the public to where someone's by the time somebody comes to me, I already know that they're interested and we can work with that. I'm not going out and blaring a, a, a horn to everybody. That's two different types. And then we could probably say that there's a type for, for every type, for all the five types, there could be a sales position that would fit all five types and not have resistance. So again, it's not limiting, but it would say, because I'm seeing this with my kids specifically, because I'm so close to them of going, okay, so you're not limited in the role that you can take. So I think, I think some of them by proxy are going to be more relevant. But if you do go into that, let's use sales just for the for that. Could I come up with a sales position role that would fit each one of my very dissimilar children? I think I probably could. I think you could make a case for that. That'd be a fun, yeah. that'd be a fun case study. And of course, I'm saying it's probably already been done by somebody, but yeah. I like that idea. But it helps us find that role. There's somebody who could be a different type who could do what Renee has done. Yeah. Who could be on stage and yeah, go ahead. The more I think about this, I feel like this tool can be such a such a resource mm -hmm. for facilitating more beauty in this world. And let me explain. If we, as a culture, as a society, as a world, all knew our human design mm -hmm. and we understood what our strengths are, where maybe we, we have areas of opportunity for growth and what serves us best and what serves others that helps us understand each other more. And how beautiful do you think that would be for the world to step outside of judging ourselves from labels, whether they're religious, cultural, um, uh, political, instead of canceling each other for lack of a better word, because of the different labels that we, we attach to one another, we step back and instead have appreciation for it. Like, oh my goodness, what a shift of energy there would be in this world. Because then when I say to someone, I need to do something that lights me up. Mm -hmm. Instead of someone saying, huh, who do you think you are? Oh, wouldn't we all like to do what, what feels good? Well, we can't do something that feels good. This is life. We got to make money, whether it's tough or not. Mm -hmm. Instead of that, that person understanding, okay, I, I get it, Renee, you're a generator. You actually do need to be lit up to light other people up in the world. If there was a, a mutual understanding there, oh my goodness, the peace, the joy, the connectedness that we would experience would, would change the trajectory of the world. I agree. I'm thinking of perspective. And if we knew, let's say we had five people, all different of the five different types. And we're all standing together or we all experience something, you know, we go on a, a road trip or whatever, go to Vegas, you go experience some, some event or whatever to realize that we're going to look around and go, Oh, okay. Based on what we know about Renee, she's going to have experienced that like this. And John as a projector is going to have experienced it like this and, you know, so-and-so and to go through that and honor all of those mm. as opposed to what we do, what I have done. She's like, are you kidding me? That is not what happened. This, let me tell you what happened. And I mean, this is at the core of, yeah, relational stuff and, and a bigger sense. Yeah. Our cultural polarization, politics and the whole thing that we're seeing right now. I mean, not to discount right or wrong and bad and, you know, a crime is a crime and, and whatnot, but that's not what most of us are dealing with on a daily basis. We're dealing with the, you know, the, the, the less 
acute things, but the things that eat away at us day in and day out. And we're hanging with our family or our, our, you know, our spouse or our coworkers, our boss, you know, whatever it is, our employees or the culture at large or the other political side or religious sector. And we're looking and going, are you stupid? No, they're not. They're not, but they see things and they even have, I even want to say, and this is a little weighty, but to some degree, different values. Well, again, if we go back to money, I don't think we're going to criticize somebody for being generous where somebody else says, Ooh, I feel like we need to save that money or invest that money, whatever. Man, those are all, those are, those aren't, none of those are bad values, but we're going to have a propensity and we need those. We need all of those pieces, but I'm not going to be all of them. Mm. That is so good. That is so like you just said that. And that just, I felt that in my spirit, Mm. like just understanding that we all need, we, we all need all of these designs because like you said, you and I, we are, all right, we got the ideas. Let's do it. Let's start this. Let's start this engine. But then we need the other people to keep it going. Yeah. Like how, how unbalanced would it be if there was only generators and manifesting generators in the world, but then there, there weren't reflectors and projectors. Like we need it all. And I think that is what's the most enlightening part about this is we, as a, as one person, as a human being, we're not intended to be Superman or Superwoman. I do everything all the time to perfection. I'm an amazing mom, an amazing uh, spouse. I'm an amazing house cleaner. I'm amazing at finances. I'm amazing at connecting with people. I'm amazing at it. I'm like, like, no, that is not what we are intended to be. And when we can understand that and accept that and celebrate that now we can come at a culture, come to a culture of collaboration. Like, all right, Kevin and I, we need those man- we need those manifestors, those reflectors, and those projectors to be on our team as well, because we can't do this all alone. Like, how cool is that to understand that instead of fighting against it? Like it's such a waste of time and energy by not having that understanding. Totally. And you've got me thinking about motive, meaning motivating people. That as we look at what I'm going to tend to look at what motivates me and project that onto other people and what motivates me is not, you know, back to like you was talking earlier about, you know, the passion and inspiration, whatever may not. And it's interesting. I'm thinking about you on stage. So here we are, you know, here you are speaking or if somebody's doing a Ted talk or whatnot, or, you know, the next time I'm talking, is there a way, cause I'm going to tend to communicate a certain way. Cause I'm motivated by a certain thing. Is there a way I could craft my talk? Maybe you already, you're way ahead of me on this, but craft the talk to have a little segment that, okay, this, this little segment is going to relate to the projector and what that motivates them. This, are you nodding? Cause you already do this. Okay. okay. In, in, in a sense. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because, no, but please continue. Cause well, I'm a- just, just that, just to, to think about my message and even that, that here I am with the show and I tend to come off a certain way and maybe that's okay. It's a podcast and maybe that's why I'm going to, I'm going to tend to attract a certain type of people that resonates with me. Maybe it's on this, you know, human design that, that, that they are and could be talking about the, you know, the same person, the same guest that I have on the show is going to be on another show. And people really like hearing from that host because they're coming from a different wavelength and a different energy, a different motive. Now I'm thinking also as a parent though, that how I'm going to tend to try to motivate my kids to do their chores, do their homework, go to bed, whatever. And the same way, it doesn't make sense. I need to come back and go, okay, if, if, you know, my kid if Canyon is a, and I don't know, I need to do this on my kids is a, whatever, what motivates him? So how can I say this different or come to him different with a different understanding? Uh, and, and again, overall, I ultimately, I, yeah, I want to be at a, and an, how cool to be to, at a next event we go to and everybody has to take this and you yes. put that name tag. I'm Mary. I'm a projector. Yes. Mary, how you doing? Mary, you know what? I know not to hug you. It's cool. I'm good with that. Uh, I'm, I'm playing with, that. I don't know what the projector is, but to, to understand that, wouldn't that be beautiful? Oh, so beautiful. That's what I mean. I think this is such, it's such a wonderful gift. 
Like, and this is why I resonated so deeply with it. Going back to how we started this, like, this is why I was so excited to share it with you, right? Because as a generator, when something lights me up, I got to share about it. I'm like, Kevin, you have to do this, right? Um, like, it, it goes to show that's very in alignment with me as the generator. I had, I was like, no, you have to do this, especially for your show, your podcast, your listeners will love this. And here we are. Here we are. So, so yes, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Like, how fun to be at an event where we all have those name tags. And I recently got uh, certified in DISC profile. Oh, sweet. And we talked about that in the training, how some of the people in the training who are already using it for their companies, they have their DISC profiles for every person in the company with the color, uh, the color coordination of that uh, DISC profile. Um, the they have it outside their office door. So it would be like, um, I, I'm Kevin and I'm a high, high D and high I. And yeah. that way when people walk past, they know. So it's like, okay, we know how to, how to approach Kevin. We know how to communicate with him. The same can be done with human design to be like, okay, I'm dealing with yeah. a manifesting generator right now. Okay. I know that what I'm going to get from them are a whole lot of ideas. They're going to initiate. They're going to, they're going to need to be fired up. Mm -hmm. And all right, I know what I know what what I'm dealing with. I just think that would be such a powerful, powerful way to connect. Well, to come back to where we started, then to be in flow, yeah, be in flow to be, be in, in an environment, especially with other people, and understand myself, not be resisting my propensities, and not be resisting other people's to have understanding, which we can do without them having a name tag, you know, and understanding. We can learn yes. that, and I want to become a ninja with this stuff, so that I am better in flow with myself, uh, with other people. And, uh, well, Hey, as the generators, thanks for generating this, uh, Renee, I'm, uh, incredibly, incredibly grateful. I'm incredible. I'm so great or eager to learn more about this and, uh, and we'll keep talking. So let me give the resources for, for this, for everybody. And just grateful that you guys continue to tune in as we try to, uh, live more in our authentic drive, which this is, that's why we're here talking about this. Uh, again, it's humandesignblueprint.com and you can go there and get a free profile. My daughter did that the other day. We we're in the car together, car shopping, and she did it real quick and pulled it up. And then if you want to go further and get the paid one, if you use the code drive, you can get 10% off. So that's Aaron, Claire Jones. That's who Renee turned me on to. And you can find Aaron. Oh man, I type it in Aaron Claire Jones. I don't know what it's under in Instagram. She's got a huge following there and does a lot of stuff there. Uh, Renee, go find Renee at ReneeMarino.com. Here, let me grab the book. <laughs> All right, holding up for the video. There it is, becoming a master communicator. And but she's got so much going on on communicating well. And I would put that in this same aspect of understanding how to communicate well. Talking about flow is a primary ingredient. So Renee, thank you for doing this. As always, it's such a gift. Thank you uh, so much, Kevin. I always love speaking with you. This has been amazing. Likewise. Well, and folks, if you got value, which I know you did, let us know, go leave a rating on Spotify, leave a review on Apple and say, Oh my gosh, Renee is absolute the bombs. I know that's what you're thinking right now. Let us know on Apple. You can watch us. And this is a fun show to watch this is specifically and uh, find us on social media. We'll do a bunch of clips. You can find it all on YouTube and social at Kevin Miller CO. If you want to learn how to master your own inner drive, get my book, What Drives. You can find it on Amazon. And until next time, stay driven. Yeah.